0: Hey everybody! Welcome to "You Were Born for This" podcast with Father John Ricardo, Mary Guilfoyle. We're a couple of missionaries at Acts Twenty Nine, and this is the podcast where we talk about anything and everything having to do with transformation in the church. Happy final week of Advent, Mary. Happy final week of Advent to you,
1: Father. Starting to look a lot like Christmas around here.
0: Well, it's been gray for some time (laughs) in the state of Michigan. I'm talking uh, in
1: our office. Oh,
0: it's looking very much like Christmas in our office. Yeah, we love it. Beautiful. I'm excited for today. What's our topic?
1: I am excited too, Father John. I think it's so timely for all of us. It's relevant to the season that we're stepping into and the reality of our day-to-day lives. And so today's topic is walking with Mary in times of uncertainty.
0: I love it. Yeah, let's pray, shall we? In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Father, as we get ever closer now to the celebration of your Son's nativity, we just ask for an abundant outpouring of your Holy Spirit that we might be able to enter into these mysteries uh, which are so familiar to us and so often fail to shock us as they should. Help us to somehow hear and ponder everything as if for the first time. Give us new insights, fresh perspectives. Help us most especially by the intercession of Our Lady and St. Joseph for the grace to be able to enter into the scene in Bethlehem in all of Jesus' life, so that we might continue to come to know you, to know your love, to know your faithfulness, and to be heralds in this world which is longing for reasons to hope. We just ask for your anointing on our conversation right now, that it would be especially uplifting and edifying and encouraging for those who are most in need of it. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So, thank you, Father. Walking with Mary in times of uncertainty, or I might subtitle this three quotes: a story and something to ask Mary for, because <laughs> I like subtitles. I love yeah. It. So you know, three quotes. Um, we uh, we do a a Tuesday study as a team every week, which is kind of fun. We just uh, we you love know it. We, we put a premium on just. Constantly trying to form our minds, uh, spend time. uh, We fast on Tuesdays. We invite everybody else to fast with us too. Uh, And it's a good chance for us just to, instead of eating food, just to eat rich food in uh, some sort of, you know, spiritual uplifting reading. And so, last week we did um, something from Mother Mary Francis that we'll share in a moment, and then this week we're doing something from Pope Benedict the Sixteenth. So. In his, you know, he has that beautiful three-volume series of reflections on Jesus of Nazareth. And in the series or the the uh, the volume on the infancy narrative, he says this. It's a little bit longer quote. The, the, these first two quotes both are. Uh, I'll let you sh- share Mother Mary Frances since you are a woman, and I'll share Pope Benedict since I it's am a, deal. a man. But th- this is just such a great quote, and they, they complement each other. So he says... I consider it important to focus on the final sentence of Luke's Annunciation narrative, quote, and the angel departed from her, unquote. The great hour of Mary's encounter with God's messenger in which her whole life is changed comes to an end and she remains there alone with the task that truly surpasses all human capacity, There are no angels standing round her. She must continue along the path that leads through many dark moments. From Joseph's dismay at her pregnancy to the moment when Jesus is said to be out of his mind right up to the night of the cross. How often in these situations must Mary have returned inwardly to the hour when God's angel had spoken to her, pondering afresh the greeting, rejoice, full of grace, And the consoling words, do not be afraid. The angel departs. Her mission remains. And with it matures her inner closeness to God, a closeness that in her heart she is able to see and touch. This quote really anticipates what you're going to share, I think, next from uh, Mother Mary Frances. But, you know, I think maybe as we, we enter into this episode, it's worth just saying, I think we've all experienced in Acts 29 over the last week, 10 days, uh, as if Our Lady has just ever so gently intruded into our daily life. Yeah, You know, Mary's I, always present. You know, like, I, I think we all pray the rosary every day. I know you do. I know I do. I think everybody in the team does. But I've I've felt her just kind of like gently, elbowing her way into the room, in in the way that she does with so much gentleness and so much you know without calling attention to herself. She's always pointing to her son, but just as if to say, "I want to be present to you right now in a new way," as we prepare to celebrate what we're going to celebrate. Is that? Well, is I would that agree. How you've I, I think it? she's
1: been. Excuse me. I think she's been very palpable since the Feast of the Immaculate Conception, right? And then we celebrated the Feast of St. Juan Diego, and then Our Lady of Guadalupe. And so we're pressing into the rich readings and the masses those uh, on those days. But in particular, I think it all really began with the words of St. Juan Diego, uh, as we were just uh, praying with some of the dialogue that Our Lady had with him. And then, of course, as we press into this beautiful season of the Incarnation, um, I think our lady just wants to remind us that she has much to teach us, mm. right? I mean mm. she's um, uh, she's pregnant with wisdom and uh, models obedience and docility and and, and patience and, and waiting in a way that I think is very instructive yeah. uh, for all of us. I know at least for me.
0: yeah I, I couldn't agree <clears> more. <throat> so that, the, the, the first quote's Benedict. The second quote comes from Mother Mary Frances. Yeah, and, and, and many and I'm people sure are probably not if familiar. You are with.
1: familiar with who this beautiful sister was? Uh, she was the prioress of the Poor Clares in Roswell, New Mexico. I think she passed away in what 2006. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's written a couple books. Uh, the one that the, the one that we were studying from a couple weeks ago um, is entitled "Come, Lord Jesus: Meditations on Waiting," which are are uniquely informative for this Advent time. And, and and I'm just going to read through. It's a lengthy quote, so bear with us. And and I'm going to try to read it somewhat slowly.
0: It's like story time with Acts 29. Oh, I love reading, it. Reading Grab to my, your hot cocoa, get some marshmallows, and sit down and let but our lady so, talk.
1: But it's so glorious because, as you said earlier, Father John, there's so much rich food here. And so uh, Sister Mary Frances writes, she writes, our attitude... Upon examination might show us that our expectation of God is not so very high. Our Lady's expectation was unlimited. Her cousin Elizabeth cried out, blessed are you because you have believed. Or another translation says, because you have trusted We tend, although we would not be quite so crude as to phrase it that way in words, to think that we believe God can do the impossible as soon as he shows us, but right now we don't have the evidence. Our lady didn't have the evidence either. She really didn't have much evidence all of her life. We could pause there for many examples, but you could find them for yourself, Her expectation was so high of God. She goes on to write, Let us also examine the durability of our expectations. Are we dogged in our expectations of God? Maybe it doesn't look too great at this point. We don't see any light at the end of this tunnel, but we go forward in our expectation. One can say that, humanly speaking, it seemed a good part of the time that everything was going wrong for Our Lady. It wasn't turning out right at all, but her, expe- her, but her expectation had such durability that it didn't wear out. It truly was indefatigable. How often we are very defatigable. <laughs> we expect, we believe, we hope for a while, but then we get tired. Our expectation lags. And so to speak, we hold back God's arm. And I don't know about you, Father John, but there's so much we could unpack in that quote alone. But there's a couple things. Can I just highlight them? It was just the line uh, where she says, but right now we don't have the evidence. And Our Lady didn't have much evidence either. It looked as though everything was turning out wrong. These expectations That she had in her mind it would appear that everything that she was walking through was not as what she had hoped or dreamed or expected or pondered in her heart and you juxtapose that against our i think we can relate to that oftentimes our lives don't quite look the way we had hoped or dreamed or we start to lag and we get
0: weary Yeah, I think, you know, as I'm listening to you read and just uh, praying with both of these passages again, here's what comes immediately to mind. I think the honest truth for most of us is we're just really surprised when hardship, suffering, difficulty comes our way because there's something in it that says this isn't supposed to be happening. Exactly. I follow Jesus. He's supposed to be blessing me all the time as, as if the blessing equals easy life. And I don't know where we get that because I'm following Jesus who was nailed to a cross and the perfect disciple is Mary. And Mary had, from a human perspective, you could say nothing go right. I mean, if anybody deserved to have like a comfy life, it's the woman who's going to bear the mother of God or be the mother of God. Right. Right. So, you know, if, if I'm writing this story after the angel leaves, mary then i'm picturing tons of people coming to visit her she's sitting on a throne saying look at me aren't i special and but that's not what happens instead she she leaves she goes to see her cousin elizabeth she comes back she has to go to bethlehem she gives birth they try to kill her child she has to move to egypt you know they move home she's living in obscurity her son's doing Apparently nothing to save the world for X number of years. He shows up. People start to betray him. He, he You know, he's he, he's turned in by one of his best friends. He's suddenly stripped naked, scourged, nailed to a cross. So why am I expecting all this to go so easily?
1: Why? Do Which we, kind of
0: leads to your but, story. But, but
1: to your point, I mean, w- w- what happens is, I mean, it was like season after season... In Our Lady's life, it would not appear that she had much rest from concern, right, and anxiety and worry. And, of course, we can only speculate because there were those quiet years, right, that the that, that Scripture doesn't give voice to. But you just started to speak about something, Father John, that was uh, very much on my mind. Um, last Friday, I was praying uh, with the Sorrowful Mysteries, In our chapel, and I was reminded of.
0: And this was provoked by, if I can, only because it was a third quote. I I want to finish the subtitle. Who was it that told us the story? That's what
1: I was going to say. So I got ahead of you. You did. So um, we had a dear friend in our office uh, last week. Just a beautiful man. I'm sure many of you know who he is. His name is Jim Beckman, and just came to spend an evening and a day with us. And he's just, he's just probably one of the most delightful. men, disciples, leaders we have in the church today, but he was talking about that when we pray the rosary, that what we're doing is we're praying with Mary's memories. And that just really caught my heart. And so uh, it was the day after Jim had left, and I was praying my rosary on Friday, and I was praying the Sorrowful Mysteries, as I started to say, and I was actually walking with Our Lady, in light of what we had just studied with uh, Mother Mary Frances, I started to pray with in, in a way that Jim was talking about with her memories. And I'm thinking about the season that we're getting ready to enter into, and I'm accompanying Mary in the garden as Jesus undergoes his agony. And then I'm accompanying Mary as she's... We don't know if she's present for the scourging. Do we know if she's present with the scourging? But I, I think through, through the mind of uh, Mel Gibson in The Passion, we see Mary come behind in the scourging and wipe up the blood um, from her son after he is scourged. And I prayed with the memory of Mary as Jesus is being crowned with thorns, carrying the cross, and is at the foot of the cross during the crucifixion. And I went all the way back to the beginning of the infancy story. And I thought, oh, my goodness. Our mother had no idea. She had no idea. We have no idea, right, Father John? We have no idea um, what today is going to look like or what 2023 is going to unfold. And I was telling you earlier that I can think of no more appropriate person to accompany us in these times of uncertainty, whether it's in the world or in our nation or in our community or our city, um, in our homes personally, than to have our lady accompany us and to recognize that we have a mother who has experienced things that we will never experience. But she knows, she knows what it's like to have our expectations put in a, you know, set a skew, set a skew. And, and we all want to know what tomorrow brings or what 2023 is going to bring or how is my current suffering going to be resolved finally, once and for all. And she, I just think she wants to walk with us when we get tired, when we get weary. She wants to open up her mantle and take us close to herself and just say, it's all right, I'll walk with you. In these times of uncertainty,
0: yeah, I think that's that's a beautiful reflection. Um, I, I I can see you uh, even as you're sharing it. Again, I heard you share that earlier today, and uh, obviously the the both the memory and the emotion of what the Lord was doing at that time and what Our Lady was doing with you at that time was is very palpable and tangible. And I pray it will be uh, tangible for others as they they try to enter into those mysteries, praying with Mary's memory too. You know, I here's here's the simple thought maybe as we. As we enter into these days, I've always, found, I've always found the days leading into Christmas to be a time to talk less and to just ponder more, which is really Mary's attitude, you know? Like, how do you really put into words what we're celebrating? And yet we have to try. But I'm always struck the fact that every, almost every image that I'm familiar with of the annunciation of that scene when the Archangel Gabriel comes to Mary and tells her, uh, what it is that God is asking her to do and to be. Most paintings have Mary praying the scriptures. Mm-hmm. So she's praying the Old Testament, right? Mm-hmm. And I've always found that to be just a really interesting artistic twist, point, emphasis. It's, it's it's almost like it's it's a way of saying artistically why it is that Mary is able to say to God through the angel what she says, which is basically... Do whatever you want to me, Mm -hmm. and she's able to say that because she knows who God is. Right? She knows He's faithful. She knows she can trust Him. And I'm reminded of a of a sermon that you know was preached many years ago of a guy preaching his wife's funeral, and in it he's talking about trust, and he says trust doesn't involve yes to what you want. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Trust Mm -hmm. involves that He knows best. best. And, you know, as as we're, as you know, hence the title of this episode, Walking with Mary in Uncertain Times. There isn't a one of us who's not in the midst of uncertainty. I don't know what the future holds for me, for loved ones, for this country, for the church, for so many situations, right? But as it's often been said, but we do know who holds the future, and that's God. And because we know who holds the future, I don't need to know what the future holds. It's enough to know him, and nobody can teach me about him, no human person can teach me about him. No human person can teach me how to trust, like, like Mary. Mary can.
1: You know, Father John, it just, it just dawned on me. I just had this this thought, and I don't want to go down a rabbit hole either. But you know, we're talking about walking with Mary in times of uncertainty. All of life is uncertainty. I, I don't know about you, but I've never known a time in my life where I've had certainty about anything. And so regardless of where you are in life, you might be walking in a certain season of certainty. And if you are walking in a season where you're certain about a whole set of things, blessed be God. But I would argue that Mary is our companion in times of certainty and uncertainty. And I would argue that we have no times of certainty. Um, And that's what faith is. And that's why we need our Lord. And that's why we need our lady.
0: Yeah. Amen. Amen. Beautiful reflection. I love it. Everybody, as we enter into these days, let's ask Mary in a very special way to intercede for us, just for grace to to grow in trust, grace to know that the Lord knows what he's doing, grace to enter into these mysteries uh, that we're about to celebrate as if for the first time, grace to be present there in Bethlehem, grace to be present when the shepherds show up grace to be present when the magi come to adore her son and our Lord grace just to live life with unshakable confidence because God's our father because he is do not be afraid that God is with you and you were born for this